Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com, or you can contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There, you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Today, I want to talk to you about do, or shall I say, do you, right? What is that? Rocio in Espanol. Rocio, right? Or, uh, ver- what, I looked it up in Portuguese. Uh, ver- ver- uh. <laughs> D-E-W. I looked it up. Oh, man, I had it in my brain. I knew it was an obscure word, so I was going to impress you. Urvalio. See, I knew I remembered it. Thanks, buddy. Okay. So, what should we do about do? What does do have to do with you or being a Messianic Jew? Because now that you are finally back in the pew, we can talk about do. Phew. And by the end, you'll know more than you ever knew about you. So we're going to start with an interview, an interview with Dew. Mr. Dew, who are you? Well, I'm Dew. I'm Dew. I'm the soft, gentle rain that comes with the morning light. I have appeared in many Bible verses and in the rabbinic writings. So you're the same as rain. Well, I'm Dew. I'm the soft, gentle rain that comes with the morning. I'm, I'm like rain's gentler cousin. And I represent unmerited favor and grace and gentleness. Fascinating. Thank you, Mr. Dew. Please, call me Mountain. And scene. Well, now that the interview with Dew is over, let us make much ado about the Dew, for there we will find insights for me and for you. Let's consider why do is related to unmerited favor and grace and gentleness, as Mr. Do uh, said in the, in the recent interview that we just heard. This idea comes from this week's Haftarah portion in Micah and the interpretation of it by the medieval commentator Rashi. So the scripture says in Micah 5, 6, let's read it together. Now the remnant of Jacob will be in the midst of the peoples like dew from Adonai. I don't hear you guys. Let's try again from the top. Now the remnant of Jacob will be in the midst of the people, of many peoples, like dew from Adonai, like abundant showers on grass that does not wait for a man nor lingers for the sons of men. And Rashi comments, like dew sent by the Lord, which does not come to the world through man, and people do not ask for it, so Israel will not hope for the help of man, but for the Lord. Think about how dew just sort of drops without a person, you know, doing it. That's, that's um, what Rashi's saying. In other words, dew represents gentle grace, kindness, 
nourishing water, right? Like we sang about, like uh, Maggie was, uh, was speaking about uh, earlier. The favor of the Lord, like new life. It's not something you can earn, right? Nobody works for the dew. It just shows up every morning, amen? Right? You can't work for it, but it's just a blessing, right? It just shows up. It's a gift of life-giving, gentle water. On a related note, the rabbi said that dew is like the Torah. Why is that? It's the gentle instruction. Where does dew come from? It comes from heaven. And it is instruction, the Torah is instruction, which brings life, just like water. So when you wake up, what's on the ground? Dew. Hence my question, do you start your day with the dew of Torah, right? Or with the pounding rain and floodwaters of Facebook, I don't know. So I would, I, would choose, uh, I would choose Torah, choose the dew of Torah, Amen. It's better. So dew is, is linked to unearned favor, and it's, and it's linked to the Torah. It's also integral to some very important blessings on the children of Israel. The first blessing is Isaac's blessing over Jacob, which technically he stole from his brother, but we're not going to worry about that right now. Uh, but the blessing holds nevertheless. It's still a really beautiful thing that Isaac says. So let's take a look at it. Jacob came closer and kissed him. When Isaac smelled the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Behold, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that Adonai has blessed. May God give you from the dew of the sky and from the fatness of the land an abundance of grain and new wine. Many may people serve you and may nations bow down to you. Be master over your brothers. May your mother's sons bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and may those who bless you be blessed. Reminds us of the, uh, the, the blessing on Abraham, right? This is the blessing of the father, Isaac, over Jacob and his descendants. The idea being that dew is a blessing of abundance and fruitfulness that empowers Jacob to not just receive a blessing, but what? To be a blessing. But also we notice that it's the blessing of a ruler, right? Of a king. So he mentions that um, his brothers will bow down to him. And this blessing of the king comes up over and over with these due passages. The king in this blessing is a benevolent ruler, right? So like the due He's, he's bringing justice and life as the benevolent, benevolent, a good king. Does that make sense? Right? Like the dew. Jacob also said at Bethel that he would give a tithe to God for all the blessings he has given him. And the rabbis connect the blessing of dew to tithing as well. This is a Midrash Exodus, which is part of the Talmud. Rabbi Alexandri said... So great is the power of those who bring forth their tithes that they convert something that is cursed into a blessing, as it is written. When you tithe, say, I have obeyed the voice of Adonai my God. I have done all just as you commanded me. Look down from your holy dwelling place from the heavens and bless your people Israel. So they saw that blessing is like the dew. Rabbi Nehemiah said, even when we regard our actions, we are full of shame. Why? In the way of the world, someone gives over his field to a tenant who supplies the seed and the labor. However, the owner receives an equal share. 
But the Holy One, blessed be He, is not like this. Although the world and everything in it is His, as it is written, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And although the earth and the fruit are His, and He causes rain to fall and the dew to spring forth in order to make the fruit grow, as well as preserving them, God said to them, I have only commanded you to give me one-tenth as a tithe. So even though it all belongs to Him, technically, He only requires us to give Him back a tenth. In other words, the dew and the gentle rain remind us that everything we have is what? It's given to us by God. It's a blessing. So if tithing is related to the blessing of dew, I guess Jacob and the Israelites were working on a dewy decimal system. Decimal, like tithe? Get, oh, all right. Anyway, I'm sure the, the folks on Zoom are laughing, but they're on mute, so we can't hear them. All right. Anyway, another key blessing with dew is from Moses to the tribe of Joseph, which makes sense, right? Joseph is Jacob's son. Uh, this is the earlier blessing. And also, the, think of the character of Joseph, right? He was incredibly benevolent. He was a good guy. He returned evil with forgiveness and good and salvation, and he saved his brothers and the whole known world at the time. So this is the blessing on the tribe of Joseph from Moses. Let's read this together, if you'd like. For Joseph, he said, this is Moses, May his land be blessed by Adonai with heavenly bounty from the dew and from the deep lying beneath and with the bounty of the sun's produce and the month's yield and with the best from the ancient mountains and the bounty of the everlasting hills with earth's bounty and its fullness and the favor of the one dwelling in the bush. May it come on Joseph's head on the crown of the prince among his brothers the firstborn ox, majesty is his. His horns are the horns of a wild ox. With them he gores peoples. All at once to the ends of the earth, they are myriads of Ephraim, they are thousands of Manasseh. So the end of this blessing is a little bit shocking, isn't it? An ox that gores peoples. Hmm, what's going on here? That doesn't seem very dewy, does it? Dewy does it. Anyway, uh, we find the same problem in the Haftar, actually, in Micah 5. You know, when I read it in the beginning, I never shared with you the following verse. Are you curious as to what it says? It's a little bit of a contradiction here, apparently. So this is the, both of them together. Micah 6 verses, uh, no, sorry, Micah 5 verses 6 and then 7. Now the remnant of Jacob will be in the midst of the peoples, like dew from Adonai, like abundant showers on grass that does not wait for a man, nor lingers for the sons of men. This we read earlier. For the remnant of Jacob will be among the nations in the midst of many peoples, like a lion. Everyone say, like a lion. Among the forest beasts, like a young lion among flocks of sheep, who if he passed through would trample and tear to pieces, and there would be no deliverer. Interesting, interesting, right? So which is it? Is Jacob supposed to be the dew which showers blessing or the roaring lion which devours? Which one? <laughs> ah, he is right and he is right. How can they both be right? You know, you are also right. Is Jacob... Which one, right? Scholars have a hard time linking these, these two together as if they're mismatched, right? So what's going on here? Maybe Micah's copy editor had a bad day 
and you just put them together for, for some reason. But for those of us who believe that Scripture is inspired and designed to draw us in, perhaps there's a different explanation. In fact, there's another verse which ties these two ideas together in a really cool way. This is Proverbs 19, verse 12. Let's read it together. A king's rage is like the roar of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. Right? Should we read it again? It's a good one. A king's rage is like the roar of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. Same king, different functions, right? Different moods. So in other words, the Lord is strong enough as a king to be revered, to be obeyed, right? He's fierce like a lion. He roars like a lion, but his mercy is gentle like the dew, como el rocío, right? The Lord has these two aspects to his character. He's gentle and kind, but he's no, he's no pushover. This reminds me of uh, the C.S. Lewis book, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And uh, the lion, Aslan, is, happens to be the messianic figure in the book, right? And one point he's described like this. It says, he's not a tame lion, but he is good, right? And so is the Lord. Finally, the rabbis associate dew with resurrection, with new life, with new life based on Isaiah and the Midrash of Genesis. So this is what the Midrash says, quoting Isaiah 26, verse 19. For the dew is a sign of the resurrection of the dead, as Isaiah has said. He's link, Isaiah is linking these two ideas. Yet it will be, your dead will live, my corpses will rise, awake and shout for joy, you who dwell in the dust. Your dew is like the dew of the dawn, the land of dead souls will come to life. In other words, in the, in the world to come, we imagine the rain and the dew will be so effective, there will be abundant fruit and provision like life from the dead. Both the dew and resurrection bring eternal life. Think of a parched lily flower, right? In the hot sun, what happens? It withers. But with the dew, it does what? It revives. So it is with Israel and all who trust in the God of Israel. Now, for those of you who think I'm just excited about, uh, you know, the 4th of July, and maybe I've gone a little dewy in my head, right? And uh, I want you to know I'm not just making much ado about dew, right? This whole time, I've really been talking about something else. What have I been talking about? I'm talking about the nature of God and the nature of God's blessings, the Lord is a king. He is the dew. He is the water of life. He is gentle like the dew and strong like the lion. His love and favor and mercy are not earned like the dew. They are freely given, and they are ridiculously extravagant. We are blessed beyond measure. The blessings of the Lord just show up every morning like the dew on the grass, you woke up this morning with breath, with life, with love, God's love in your heart, with provision, with grace. The Lord is the dew on our parched lips. He revives us. He is the resurrection and the life, the lion and the dew, the king who is also a kind father, Avinu Malkanu. 
But there's another paradox I haven't mentioned, and maybe you've noticed. Some of these do passages are not describing God, but who are they describing? They're describing Israel. Or perhaps they're giving an image of both God and Israel, specifically a king to emerge from Israel. Remember the blessings of Jacob and the blessings of Joseph? What did they describe? They describe a descendant of Jacob and Joseph whose blessings of dew we have seen. So this descendant from Israel would also be connected to all of these dew ideas. These passages mention someone made in the image of God, the king, but from the line of Jacob, who is gentle like the dew and strong like the lion of Judah within Israel, a descendant of Jacob. Such a person would strike the perfect balance between these two images, would reflect the image of God perfectly. They would be a benevolent king, and they would fit all the images of the dew that we've described, the water of life, the resurrection. This paradox is resolved in the person of Yeshua, the Messiah. I want to give you one final picture from Scripture of a dewy story. So, the Israelites were not doing so hot at this point because Joshua had died, and they were just kind of all doing whatever they wanted to do. It was the period known as the Judges, uh, including uh, they were doing immorality, idolatry, other evil things, and so they fell into the hands of the Midianites who ruined their crops and killed all their donkeys and ravaged the land like locusts until they cried out, and God responds. God says, I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you, and I gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you've not listened to me. And so then the Lord sent a deliverer known as Gidon, or Gideon. And here we have our final interview between God and Gideon. So God said, the Lord is with you. And Gideon said, but how can I know? I mean, it doesn't feel that way with all the oppression and destruction all around me. It feels like the Lord has abandoned us. That's what Gideon said. Have you ever felt that way? And God said, go in the strength of the Lord and deliver Israel from the Midianites. But Gideon responded, but how can I save them? I'm from the weakest tribe, and I'm the weakest and lamest of my family. I was the last one picked for dodgeball at Canaan Middle School. And God said, I will be with you. And Gideon said, okay, but how about a sign so I know you're really with me? And God said, okay. Gideon prepared an offering, and the angel of the Lord touched it, and it burned up all by itself, like spontaneously combusted. Uh, Then Gideon took down an idol for a foreign god, Baal, and the other Israelites were not happy about it. Now here's where the dew comes in. I know you were all waiting for the dew to drop. Uh, Boo, who's booing? (laughs) Forrest, is that you? (laughs) See me after class. Okay, anyway. Anyways, Gideon said to to God, if you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor, 
If there's only dew on the fleece and the ground around is all dry, then I will know you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. And that's what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece, wrung out the dew, bada bing, bada boom, bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, please don't be angry with me. Let me just make one more request. Okay, let me, let me, give me one more test with the fleece, but this time make the fleece dry and all around let the ground be covered with dew. And that night God did so. Only the fleece was dry and the ground was all covered with dew. Now, sometimes this story is read out of context, and, it, and some, sometimes people say, well, we should do what Gideon did and lay out a fleece, right? Have you ever heard that? Um, but in context, the dew tells a different story. What's going on here? Gideon has a hard time. It seems he has a hard time trusting God. Just like us, we have a hard time sometimes. He has a hard time seeing how God could work through a, a little weakling like him. I mean, I get it. I get it. I do. I feel like a weakling sometimes as well, even though last month I, I, I did some push-ups just last month. So <laughs> don't applaud for that. Here the dew has an extra measure of grace to it, doesn't it? Because even though God showed up and gave him the spontaneous combustion and showed up and said, I am with you, I am with you, I am with you, he still gave him more signs that he was with Gideon, didn't he? Here's the bottom line. We don't work for the dew. It just shows up every morning, just like his mercies are new every morning. Even when it feels like the Midianites are burning up all your crops and and killing all your donkeys and nothing is going right, God sends the gentle dew. Amen? Even when you want to trust God, but you need more proof, more assurance that he's actually there and actually cares about every hair on your head, He goes ahead and does it, doesn't he? Doesn't he show us? There's nothing you have to do to get God's favor. He already likes you. Our goal is not to earn his favor, but to trust him in all seasons. Amen? Let's pray. Avinu, Malkenu, thank you that uh, your goodness on us is like the dew, and it's something that we don't have to earn, we don't have to work for, And you're very patient with us, just like you were patient with Gideon. And you enable us to enter into a trusting relationship. And I just pray that as we look around us, that we would look more to you. um, Because you are the gracious Father. You give us everything we need. And you provide all our needs. And uh, you take care of us. And help us to be like you. um, To be benevolent, to be a giver of due to others. Uh, the The water giving life that is Yeshua the Messiah, and in his name we pray. Amen.